Well, this morning, I am so excited to introduce our speaker to you. Uh, this uh, couple, uh, I invited, uh, Amber and I, we invited them out for uh, kind of hang out for coffee about just shy of three years ago. And we had a conversation about them joining our team. And they were young, and he's still pretty young. But uh, they were young, and Hunter was real young in his first year. And, and there was a lot of times where, where he's like, Greg, uh, I, I'm afraid to tell you what I just did. I'm like, it's okay, you're young, it's fine. Um, but to watch the development of him, both as a pastor and as a leader and as a man of God over these last three years has just been a privilege of mine. And I'm so excited to have him speak into our congregation this morning. Can you give it up for our youth pastor, Pastor Hunter Pastel? Well, what's up, Zoe Church? Man, welcome to 2022. I am, um, it is an honor to be able to throw the first pitch this year, uh, the first message of the year. And I'm so excited to be here today. But um, before I jump in, I just want to give some honor and respect where it's due. I don't think any of us in here in this room or online would be here if it wasn't for the faithfulness and the obedience of these two right here. Pastor Greg and Amber Lynns, you guys are amazing. Can we just give them some love this morning? Come on. Uh, well, well, for those of you who do not know me, I am the youth pastor here at Zoe. Um, and, uh, and our youth, like, we, we're crazy. We're rowdy, right? We have our own culture. And today, I'm going to invite you into that culture. I call them my band of misfits. Why? Because when we have a speaker, we get a little rowdy. And so I'm going I'm to let you guys know it's okay if you hear something that you like. It's okay to let me know. If you hear something that's a little convicting today, it's okay to say, all right, ride the bus, right? If there's something that is just like, oh, it is so, so good, we do something, we take off a shoe and we throw it at the stage, okay? Uh, that, that's our way of saying that, that, is, that is good. And so um, if you see a shoe flying today, don't hit me, but um, just know I'm, I'm preaching. Uh, but hey, hey, we're going we're gonna to be looking at something Today, as we start off 2022, and, 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 and I want to speak to the entire church today. Maybe you're online because it was freezing cold and it's Minnesota, or you're here in, in, in person. But my prayer is, is that today would be a day where, where every single person, no matter what age you are, that you are challenged and, and there's something practical that you can do. And so uh, we're going to be looking at some scripture today, uh, bouncing around. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can take that out. Um, if you have a phone, we have the YouVersion uh, Bible app real quick. But um, if you have an Android phone, you can just put that away. It's my joke. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3, can you guys stand with me as we read these scriptures today? Uh, we, we say this, we, we stand not because there's anything holy about but we just want to put ourselves in a posture to hear from God. This is Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. It says, then he, God, said to Moses, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So we have a, a generational God. Would you guys look with me? I got one more verse here. This is... Um, Hebrews chapter 11, and if you've never read Hebrews chapter 11, this is the hall of fame of faith. 
Some might say the hall of faith. Because this chapter, it breaks down the great faith of so many people, Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of, of Isaiah, of Esther, and all these great men and women of the Bible. But this is how the author of Hebrews chooses to end this great chapter. In verse 39, he says this, all these people were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, God had planned something better for us. Yo, this is important. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. So Abraham is waiting on us. The apostle Paul is waiting on us. Isaiah is waiting on us. Esther is waiting on us. Malachi is waiting on us. And unless we do our part, their part is not yet complete. And so today I want to preach on the subject that we have a generational God. Can we pray before we jump into this? God, you, like that song said, God, you are the king of our lives. God, we acknowledge that. You're Lord over everything. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. You would be with us. And God, I pray that this message would not be one where it brings condemnation, but God, that this would be a message of inspiration. And God, I pray that you would call us as a church of every single part of the body that we need to do this together. This is a tool that you've created in the church, so be with us. Speak to us today. We believe that you're going to move in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all can take a seat here. Woo! I'm excited. Come on. I want to throw up this picture real quick. Um, we'll see. Here we go. This picture, this is my crew. This is my family. Love them. Love them real quick. I'm going to talk about this little guy real quick. You can throw up this next picture. Um, this was, uh, this is my boy Theo, Theodore Charles. Uh, he just celebrated his second birthday this past week. So this picture... This picture was taken two years ago, and it was one of the most glorious days of our life. We had a planned C-section. It was a calm morning. Haley and I went into the hospital, and, and, and the surgery's all prepped. We walk in, and, and, and we started to experience some, some circumstances. And so what they do is they remove the dad. So they put me in a room all by myself, and then mom and baby go under anesthesia. And in that moment, the, the goal is just to get him out as fast as possible. And so uh, it was one of the easiest moments of my entire life. I'm kidding. I was freaking out. I've like never prayed that hard in my life. And, and, and finally, after 20 minutes, I get a knock on the door and it's the nurse, and she's got this beautiful baby boy. And I was the first one to hold him because mom was recovering. And I just remember in this moment, just holding him and being like, ah, he looks like me. He looks like me. Oh, like it, it, it's just been incredible to watch him grow up and, and to be around the house. And, and, and every, thankfully, every day he looks more and more like his mom. But, but, but he, he's a mini us. And, and if you are a parent in here, you know that like 18 month to two year old range, they are just clones. They are learning things left and right. Like if, if you laugh, they laugh. If you cough, they cough. If you sneeze, they fake sneeze. If you clap, they clap. If you dance, they dance. And, and it's like everything that you do, they do. If I empty the dishwasher, he wants to empty the dishwasher. If I'm cooking, he wants to help cook. And it's so cute. 
but it's also a little heavy. Like, like it's a little intimidating, and it's, it can be a little scary. Why? Because my actions are directly impacting the next generation. And, and don't let that like scare you at all. Why? Because, because this is all a part of God's plan, right? Part of God's plan is for divine connection between young and old. Because look at this, from the very beginning when God birthed the church, it was 2,000 years ago on a day called Pentecost. And on that day, that's when, when God took a group of 120 believers who were praying. It's after Jesus left and he poured out his spirit on these people, the spirit that equips us, the spirit of Jesus Christ. And he pours out his spirit on them. And it says that on that day, we went from 120 believers to over 3,000 converts. Incredible. And then you fast forward 2,000 years, and today we have over 2.2 billion Christians on this planet. Come on. And there are 192 nations in this world. And, and out of that, there's 172 nations in which the church is thriving and it's growing. There's only 20 nations in which it is not, and one of those happens to be America. And that's why we're doing this. Like that is why Zoe Church exists is because we need more churches. We need more disciples. We need more youth students becoming biblically literate. We need more Christians being discipled to create a foundation of Christ in their life. We need more disciples that are in the marketplace. We need more disciples in vocational ministry. And so that's why we're doing this. And, 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 and the church in America is in decline, but I truly believe this, that Zoe Church can help be a part of that remedy. But anyways, the, the, the church is thriving, the church is growing around the world, but what we get here on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is a very distinguishing mark. And I encourage you today, when you go home, you'll read Acts chapter 2, because what you'll find is that God saved men and women of every different nationality. So we don't want to be a white church. Come on. We don't want to be a black church. We don't want to be a Hispanic church. We don't want to be an Asian church. I want our church to look like the book of Acts. And, and, and where every nation and every language is surrounding this throne of God, praising him and saying, God, you have the glory. And if I'm being honest, we don't know how to do that. But we believe that the Holy Spirit of Jesus can actually help lead us and guide us into that. And so it says in, in Acts chapter 2 that there was many languages and many cultures. But what I want to focus on this morning is that it says that there was many generations. And, and you see, Acts chapter 2, this chapter, it fulfills a promise in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2. Where God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on the young and the old. I'm going to pour out my spirit on young men and on old men. And, and, and so today, I'm going to ask for your grace. Because if you're old, you're old. And you got wisdom and hopefully a little bit of money. And we need that. We need both, the, the wisdom and the money. And seriously, we're, we're, we're in a nation, in a culture that wants to constantly appear young. And I'm all cool for that. But don't get... Confused because God's plan is not just for the young and it's not just for the old. God says he's going to pour out his spirit on all people. And first of all, he says he's going to do it on men and women. And so here at church, we believe that, that there is an action, responsibility, and purpose for both men and women. Yo, this secret sauce to Zoe youth is not me. 
It's my wife. I don't do half the things I do if it's not for her. She disciples students. She runs through messages with me. She is the secret sauce. So we believe that, that, the, that this is for men and women, but we also believe that it's for young and old. And let me just remind you, young people, real quick, the enemy of your life will always try to convince you that you're too young, that you can't do it because you're too young. And, and, and if you're older in here, the enemy of your life is always going to try to convince you that you're too old. The devil is always going to speak the word disqualified over your life, but God is a qualifier and he's done it time and time again. He did it all throughout scripture and he's not done today. So he wants to pour out his spirit on young and old. So I don't want to be a young church. I don't want to be an old church. I want to be a kingdom church with multiple generations represented. God says, I'm going to, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. So I want to sit in this chapter today, Acts chapter 2, and I want to start with verse 39 right here. And this is just laying a foundation. It says this, it says, this promise, yo, this promise, what is this promise? This promise is salvation. This promise is, is, the, is the fullness of his Holy Spirit. We call that the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This promise is the life in Christ the Zoe life in Christ, the abundant life in Christ, the overwhelming life in Christ that affects your physical, it affects your emotional, it affects your finances, it affects your relationships. And this promise is also the peace of God that covers your entire life. But see, this, this promise is for you, but there's more. And for your children. And, and so when God saved you, he was already thinking about your babies. This is the plan of God. The plan of God is not just for you. And that is why your life is so important because there's a next generation in the waiting. And so I don't want to be, if I want to be a book of Acts church, we need to be a church for every single generation. And if we want to be a book of Acts church, we need to be a, a church for both men and women. And if we want to be a book of Acts church, we need to be a church that's multicultural. And so if we can take those three things, and none of those three things actually take order over the lordship of Jesus Christ, and if we can take our culture, our age, our sex, and our gender, and we can take those things and we can lay them at the feet of Jesus and just say, God, this is your church, you're in charge, do what only you can do, then I believe that this room's not going to be able to hold what God is wanting to do. Anyone believe that? It's like four people. Let's go. So I, I got to keep moving, right? So we want a, a large and growing church. Say that with me. A large and growing church. Why do we want a large and growing church? So we can have more problems in our parking lot, obviously. I'm kidding, man. Why, why, why do we want a large and growing church? Anyone in here, you, you bought a house this past year? Come on, we got some people. You know my pain. You know, the Minnesota housing market is just crazy right now. You know Austin. Come on. Why is it crazy? Because, because there's so many people who want to buy a house. And, and if you take our city and maybe the, the Twin Cities and maybe you take Minneapolis out of it, our cities are growing. They're expansive. There's constantly people moving here. It is growing. You look at Prior Lake and Shakopee High School, and they are the third and fourth largest high schools in the state of Minnesota right now. So, so our cities, they are large and growing. And, and in our cities, they're creative. 
in our cities, they're expansive. In, in, our, in our, our, our cities, they're multicultural. In our cities, they're multi-generational. So our church should be large and growing. Our church should be creative. Our church should be multicultural. Our church should be multi-generational. I'm going to steal this. But our church should actually be the sanctified mirror of our city. Our church should actually be the holy mirror of what our city looks like. Why? Why? Because, because look at our city. Our city loves to party. It loves to get rowdy. I'm sorry for all you Minnesota Vikings fans, but you're going to lose tonight. But y'all know, know how to party, right? Our, our cities know how to party. So our church should know how to celebrate each other. And it should know how to celebrate God. Our, our cities, they know how to blow money. So our church should know how to save money and give money. Our, our cities are expansive. Our, our, our church should be expansive. Our cities, you see every race and every nationality. Our, our church should be also, our church should be a heavenly sanctified picture of what our city should look like. Why? So that when someone walks in these doors, they say, oh, that's what Burnsville should look like. That's what Prior Lake should look like. That's what Lakeville should look like. This is what a family should look like. And so today, I, I want to give you two points. I'm just going to let you know, these are practical points. Like stepping into this new year, you can apply these things. And I truly believe that if you can do this, we're going to look more unified for what's coming and what has already been. And so my first point for you today is this. What we do today affects them tomorrow. What we do today affects them tomorrow. Don't let this scare you. Let it inspire you. I, I want to talk to all the parents in the room real quick because we can actually set up the next generation today. Like I want to set up Theo, my son, for blessing. I want to set him up for blessing spiritually, emotionally, financially, and, and relationally. I want to set him up. And if you grew up like me in a, in a Pentecostal church, we talk a lot about generational blessings and generational curses, but I'm way more focused now on generational responsibility. Like it's actually my responsibility to raise that next generation because I want them to see one picture of a man. I want them to see one picture of a marriage. I want them to see one picture of a relationship, one picture of finances, one picture of the kingdom. I want them to know one way of life. And yes, is that generational blessing? Yes. Is that also generational responsibility? Absolutely. And yo, it just starts with the little things. All you dads in the room, just be faithful. Like, just be faithful. Be faithful to your wife. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't look at pornography. Don't scroll a little bit too long on social media. Don't flirt with that woman at work. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just be faithful to your family. What about this? Just go to church. Go to church. I read this the other day. It's a quote. It says, if you see church as an option, don't be surprised when your children see God as unnecessary. Just go to church. Make church a priority. It's the little things. Hey, church, come on. We're going to be at church. Sundays, Sundays are for the house of the Lord. Sundays are the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, we're going to play hard, but we're also going to pray hard. 
And on the Sabbath, we're going to watch some football and we're going to celebrate and we're going to have some fun. And we're going to go do some things, but we're also going to worship. Why? Because I want them to know that God matters. And, and I want God to know that, that in my family that he matters. And so I'm going to take the first day of the week and I'm going to make it a priority because it's a representation of the rest of my week. Dads, pray with your kids. Just pray with them. Pray before you sit down for a meal. Pray for them before they get out of the car and they go to school. Pray for them and when they go to bed. I want my kids to hear me pray. I, 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 as I carry my kids, I pray over them. And they don't even know what it means yet, but I believe that, the, that they're starting to understand those things. What about this? Just be positive. Be positive. Seriously, like, like here's a great thing. When you go out of today and you get in your car, even if you hated today's message, right? Like, and you go out in your car, just like, just be like, yo, kids, church was fire, right? <laughs> it was amazing. Tell me all about it. It was awesome. How was worship? It was so good. Oh, man, tell me all about kids ministry. And just like, just be positive because they'll be like, oh, uh, yeah, it was kind of good. Just be positive. Here's another one for all our married couples out there. Be affectionate to your spouse. There's one person. Yep. <laughs> be affectionate to your spouse. Like uh, Theo, he's, he's a lot like his mama. He's, um, he's not very affectionate. And, and I am. <laughs> And so when I get home and I'm like, Theo, come give me a hug, he runs. He's like, no. But if I get home and I go give Haley a kiss, he comes running. It's communicating something. Everything we do is communicating something. Be affectionate to your spouse. Because when I get home, if I go and I give Haley a smooch on the cheek, guess who wants a smooch on the cheek? And if I go and I give Haley a hug, guess who's getting jealous and he wants to come join in, right? Husbands, teach your, wife, or teach your kids what it's like to love on your wife. Let me just say this. Like, it's not just how it's, what's done in your house. It's also how it feels. Like, really, like, does your house have a good vibe? Like, seriously, like, you, 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 <laughs> maybe you just need to turn off the TV and you need to, like, put on a little Michael Jackson. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It feels right. <laughs> and, 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 and then maybe you put on some Maverick City music, put on some worship, and, and then and you go back and you turn on some Taylor Swift. You feel 22 again. And, and you go back and you put on some worship music and then you put on some Keith Urban for all you country lovers, right? Like, like, like you have to have a little bit of fun in your life. Like get some fun in your house. Don't just be like get home and put the news on and you're cooking dinner and you're like Trump, 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 Trump. Chopping vegetables, North Korea, North Korea, North Korea. And like seriously, have a little fun in your house. Put on some earth, wind, and fire, right? <laughs> Let's groove. Just have a little bit of fun. 
It's better than the TV. Get an atmosphere of fun in your house. Why, why am I saying all this? Why? Because, because if we're going to actually be Christians and we're going to preach a good news and we're going to preach a hope in Jesus and we're going to preach that this is all good and then our actions don't represent that, then it's going to be detestable in the next generation's ears. We need to create an atmosphere that reflects what we preach. I need to move on. So the plan of God is, oh, Acts chapter 2. Come on, throw that. Here we go. Acts chapter 2. So the plan of God, this promise is for you and is for your children. So I, I want to talk to all the parents in the room that are a little older. And, and maybe you have kids that are out of the house, they're in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, and you're like, you're listening to this and you're like, I did not do that. That's okay. There's a, there's a word in the Bible and it's really, it's an amazing word. It's not scary. It's repent. Like seriously, it's not a scary word. Like when we think of the word repentance, by the way, the, the English word for repentance, it, it comes from the Latin word penance. But in the Greek, that word is metanoia. Like those do not sound like the same thing at all, right? And, and the reason why is that years ago, some beautiful people in a different denomination, they changed that word to penance. And so when we think of repentance, we think of like, we have to pay something back and we have to, and it's like the snot, and we're like, oh, I'm so sorry, God. And then we do it again. Like that's not repentance. It just means to change your mind. So maybe some of you, like, it's okay. Just change your mind. Maybe some of you, you got to call up your kids and they're in their 40s and you just say, hey, I want to I wanna hang out with you. I know we didn't do that, but, but I want to hang out with you. I want to get to know you. I want to I ask questions about your life. Maybe some of you in here, you never told your parents or your kids that you love them and that you're proud of them. Call them. Say, man, I am so proud of you. Why? B because I love you and you're my kid? <laughs> Maybe you need to just love on your kids. Take your older daughter out for a date. Buy her an expensive meal. Let her know that she's special to you. Just love on your kids. It's like even if you didn't do these things when they were little, you can still do something now so that your latter is greater than your former. Come on, am I helping anyone here? Come on. And here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. That, that this shouldn't beat you up. Like, even if you're an older parent in here and you didn't do these things, don't let this beat you up because you can still make that difference now. And so here's a really big thought. When God sees me, he sees us. When God sees me, he sees us. What does that mean? When God saw my parents, they saw me. And when God sees me, he sees Theo. When God sees me, he sees us. Maybe you are a first-generation Christian in here. You can actually start to make generational blessings for years to come. Maybe you never knew a good father. Maybe you've only ever known alcoholism. Maybe you've only ever known anger. You can actually begin to make changes and make generational blessings based off the decisions because when God sees me, he sees us. I want to throw this up here. This is Psalms 102, 18. And, and, and it says, let this be recorded for a generation to come. This is awesome. This is for all of those in the room that you do not have kids yet. Maybe you're married and you just don't have kids yet. Or maybe you're single. It says, this, let this be recorded for a generation to come. For a generation yet to be created. Isn't that awesome? Like, like, like God is saying, I want you to do things now for a people and they ain't even here yet, but you can already start setting up the next generation. 
All right, point number two today is this. Committing to the next generation is for everyone. It's not just for those that are older. Like committing to the next generation is for everyone. So God says to Moses uh, that, that I am the God of your fathers. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were not his fathers. Right? So you, 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 might not, you might not be a parent yet, but you can actually still affect the next generation. Like you might be a young person in here, but you can still affect your coworkers. You can actually start serving in kids ministry and you can start affecting the next generation. You might be in your thirties in here, but you can start affecting your friends. You can start affecting your nieces and nephews. And it doesn't always have to be about your actual children. It's about whoever God has just put in your life. See, Abraham was not Moses's father yet. Abraham had a massive impact on Moses's life. So I want to say it like this. We need more fathers, and we need more mothers. I, I, I want to talk to everyone in this room. I, I don't know what old is or when old is, but if you're in this room and, 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 and you feel old, you're not, and we need you. Like, we need you. <laughs> Like, I need you. We need your help. We desperately need your wisdom. We desperately need your encouragement. We def- desperately need your support. We desperately need your love. We def- desperately need your encouragement. I need you. Like, I need you. And we need, uh, like, if, if the music's a little loud, like, we need your grace. And if I get a little goofy, I need your grace. But we absolutely need you. Why? Because we have 18-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 30-year-olds who desperately are calling out for someone to help them, for someone to guide them. And we need an older generation. And yes, I joked about your money, but we need it. Like, we need your money. I'm being serious. Why? Because if I'm to reach an 18-year-old Jack Roberge, he's a great man of God. He ain't got no money. <laughs> he's a great man. He's got an incredible character. He's gone through boot camp. He's done all these things. But y'all get what I'm saying here? We need a multi-generational church. And I need an older generation, y'all. I need an older generation to be committed to a younger generation winning. And I need an, a younger generation to learn how to honor mothers and fathers. Amen. I need both. We need young people. We need young people to learn how to honor because honestly, it's a dying art in our nation and it's not gonna just happen if we are a youth group on Sunday mornings. We've got to have older men and women who are committed to teaching these young mamas how to be mamas. We need an older generation who's committed to teaching these young dads how to be dads. So we need to be a multi-generational church. We need an older generation to believe in the younger generation and we need a younger generation to carry the mantle. And so here's what I believe. I believe that, that if Zoe Church and you and your faith and me and my faith come together, that, that we're going to grow and we're going to expand and this thing's going to blow up, but, but it's only going to happen together. It can only happen together. And I, it got me thinking about uh, a couple months ago, we, we, we raised a ton of money for our youth group through Speed the Light, just a stupid amount of money. And it was a couple weeks afterwards, I, I, had a, I had this sweet little girl, I think she's like 13. She like came up and, 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 and she said, I, I want to stretch my faith. I said, all right, let's do it. She, she handed an, an envelope to me. And she goes, I, I want someone 
to find a church and a community like what I've found. And I look inside this, this envelope and it's like $200. Yo, that's a lot of money for a 13 year That's a lot of money in general. But you know what happened? She was already thinking about the next generation. She was already thinking about a people yet to be created, a people yet to be born again, a people yet to be saved. She was already thinking about someone that she might never, ever meet in her life, yet she's hoping that they find hope in Jesus. She's hoping that they find the gospel. She's hoping that they get everything that God has for them. So let me tell you what I, what I, what I think happened. Um, uh, we look back at Hebrews chapter 11, and it's, it's, it's the story of all these great people of faith. It's Abraham and his great faith, and David and their great faith, and Deborah and her great faith, and Esther and her great faith, and all these great men and women. But, but, but scripture kind of paints this picture of them, and they're up in heaven, and they're overlooking over the balcony down on us today, and they're like, let's go. Come on, you can do it. Come on, just obey God, just have faith. Come on, you are standing on our shoulders, on our faith. You are not on your own. Come on, you can do it. And then this little girl hands over an envelope and Abraham's like, yes. My faith is complete. I was waiting on you. I was waiting on you to say yes. In Isaiah, who church history says he was sawed in two. He's waiting on us. His life was waiting on us for our faith to build his church. And the apostle Paul, whose scripture says he died in prison, he's waiting on us. And Peter, who was crucified upside down, it says he was waiting on us. And, and, and all these people, and John, yo, John was boiled in oil and they couldn't kill him. So they sent him on an island all by himself to die. He's waiting on us. And all these people are waiting on our faith to just say yes to God, to build his church, and to be committed to this next generation. Because until we do our part, their part isn't complete. But church, I, I want to honor them. I want to honor them. Oh, I want to honor my pastors, Greg and Amber Lins. I want to honor the faith of my parents. I want to honor my grandparents. Hi, Nana, I know you're watching. I want to honor the people that came before me. The next generation, not just for them, but somehow when we as a church, when, when, we, when we actually say yes to God and to building his church and committing to all of this, two things kind of happen at once. At the same time, it impacts this next generation, but it also honors those that have come before us. And it happens as we honor so I want to get to our big so what this morning, and it's, it's this. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. That's simple. You can throw up this scripture. This is Hebrews chapter 12. It, it, it says this. Real quick. Here we go. Here we go. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We are the joy set before him. Yo, if I could write this, I would say, for the sake of the next generation, he endured the cross. I love the way the message version of the Bible writes this because it says that Jesus never lost sight of where he was headed. He never lost sight of where he was headed. So Jesus did this for the next generation. He went to the cross for those yet to come. He is our example. And now we can walk in that example. We're going to take communion today. Because it's the first of the year and 
It's also just the perfect representation of this. And so I'm going to ask you to take this out. And if there's anyone in here that you didn't get one walking in, if you just put your hand up, our ushers will come find you and give you one of these. Way to go, Pastor Greg. I'm kidding. I actually forgot one, so I stole Greg's when I came up. <laughs> but if, if you know how to open these things, I just want you to open it with me. I, I want to take this and I want to honor his example. I want to honor the cross today. So can you just hold the bread? Can we pray together? God, I thank you. God, I just think about the cross and your broken body and, and, and the blood that you poured out for us. And God, I just lift up and I pray for anyone. God, this isn't uh, always an easy season. It might be challenging. God, we embrace that life and, and this faith. God, it, it's something you've called us to, but it isn't always easy. So God, I pray that you would give them the grace to endure. Don't let them lose sight. Don't let them lose sight of this next generation who's waiting on their yes, who's waiting on their obedience, who's waiting on them to just step into the things that you're calling them. And Jesus, I thank you that you didn't lose sight of us. I thank you that even you said yes to the cross. God, you, you said yes to Zoe Church. And you said yes to all these amazing people. And God, I, I thank you that you said yes to, to the plan of God and the purpose of God. And I thank you that you are our example. We honor your sacrifice today. God, as we honor those that have come before God, we honor you. And I pray that we would live a life that honors what you did for us every single day. God, I thank you, Jesus. Can we just whisper that prayer and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Let's take this bread. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we take the, the cup? So we take the bread and, and we remember his life, but when we drink this, we, we remember his sacrifice and, and the spilt blood on our behalf and how he paid the ultimate price, Jesus, and, and, and that you covered us. And because of that covering, we can run boldly into the throne of grace and obtain the mercy. And God, I thank you that we are covered and we can never not be uncovered. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take this. Can you guys just stand real quick? This is 2022. Welcome to the new year. It can only get warmer from here. <laughs> but our church can become more unified. And we can be a church with every part of the body working together to make this a church that looks like how God intended. And so I, I, I just want to pray over you guys as we, as we close here. God, I thank you that, 
God, we can even just come together and God, we get to experience a community like this of believers that passionately want to look more like you. God, I pray that God, you would see every generation in here. God, that this would be a church that edifies and builds up. God, this would be a church uh, of young and old. God, and I pray that you would open the, the, the eyes of the older and you would open the ears of the younger and that this would be generations that are fighting and striving to look more like you, Jesus. I pray that you would build this church in the way that you want to. Take control. It's not my church. It's not Pastor Greg and Amber's. It's your church, Jesus. And God, we're expecting and excited for what you have coming in 2022. But God, I pray that we would never lose sight of this next generation that's coming. We pray this. We believe that you're going to do incredible things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, welcome to the new year. I just want to encourage you guys, next Sunday is a Sunday that you do not want to miss. It is Vision Sunday. So bring your people, bring your grandma, bring your mom, whoever you need to do or bring. It is going to be a Sunday that's awesome. If you need prayer, I'm going to invite the prayer workers up front and, and, and just don't walk out those doors if you need prayer today. I love you guys and we'll see you guys next week.